Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Mastermind.fm. Your hosts today are Ninja James Laws of Ninja Forms fame and myself, Jean Galea from WP Mayor and WP RSS Aggregator. Today, we're going to be talking about WordPress.org, specifically about putting plugins on WordPress.org. Is it something that you should do? And what are the pros and cons of having a plugin on WordPress.org? plugin repository. Uh, before we get started, let's go ahead and hear from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get right back into it. Before we get started today, we'd like to take a moment to thank WP Engine, one of the premier managed hosting services for the WordPress community. They've become the first official sponsor of Mastermind.fm and have an offer exclusively for you, our listeners. If you give WP Engine's one-year managed hosting plan a try, the first four months are on them. Just enter the coupon code MASTERMIND at checkout. Now, we can't speak highly enough of WP Engine as a managed WordPress hosting service. They're one of the best, and if you're in the market for a host, looking to upgrade, or just curious about their plans, look them up and give them a try. You won't be disappointed. If you do wind up on board, send us an email at podcast at mastermind.fm and tell us about your experience. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome back. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about the challenges um, and the benefits of listing your your plugin on WordPress.org. This was partially inspired by an article by Freemius uh, a few weeks ago where they were talking about, is it worth the hassle uh, of, of listing on WordPress.org? And so they really did take it from the angle of, here are all of the pain points of .org. Um, but there are benefits too. And so let's talk a little bit about listing your products on .org. We uh, at WP Ninjas have several products that we list on .org, uh, Ninja Forms. Uh, I have a plugin called Ninja Pages Categories and Tags, which is on there. I have a Nike Plus add-on, uh, a Nike Plus plugin that I've put up there. Um, so there are a few plugins that we've put on there. I, I'd say the first part, which I think uh, is kind of important, is posting on WordPress.org is kind of a rite of passage in the WordPress community. I mean, it's kind of a first step. Um, so for all of, everyone in our office, our one of our developers just released a plugin a few weeks ago for the first time. Now he's committed code to Ninja Forms and he's been building like crazy on Ninja Forms, but he released his own little side project and released it on .org as his own kind of rite of passage. Um, while I have been a part of Ninja Forms Nike Plus plugin, was my own little pet project. I didn't get any, you know, I'm not really a full-on developer, but I didn't get help from my development team. This is just something I built on my own for my own purposes, for my own website. And it was kind of a fun little project. So it is kind of a, a rite of passage. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of the most satisfactory things you can do in the WordPress community, you know, upload your own plugin to WordPress.org. It's something that I've done myself and I encourage my team members to do as well. And it's actually, I think, I believe, Aggregator was one of the first plugins that I published, if not the first. And the whole idea behind it was really that, to upload something that was my creation that I wanted to share with the WordPress world. And that gets us to the first advantage of putting plugins on .org, which is that you can get great feedback from the people who are downloading and using your plugins. Um, WordPress.org, the plugins repo, gives you both a support forum, which comes as default whenever you publish a plugin, and the review section. There are two different things. But you'll get feedback both in the support forum and in the review section. And spurred by that feedback, you can actually start producing the premium add-ons of your product, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, we in business, you always, nobody wants to spin their wheels building a project or a product or trying to sell and monetize a product that nobody wants. And so we always try to figure out, is this, is there market share for this? Is there, is there a market at all? And releasing on .org is a great way to start testing that market. You get to build something, hopefully you've built something that's, that's useful for you that you've needed, that you've wanted, that you built for a client, whatever the case may be. And you get to share it with a greater community and see how it gets used. Uh, we find, I found personally, nothing that we have ever released in a first version ever stays that way for long. Because as people use it, we find out that they're using it in ways that we never expected. And it's even the more common way that something is being used. And so we have to shift and adjust or build new premium features that we know are going to be support heavy to make that uh, possible for, for those people. So it's a great way to test a market. Okay, so I think we can agree on the fact that for every person who's using WordPress and can code, this is one of the most important or most rewarding experiences they can actually do, submit a plugin to the WordPress repo, right? Yeah, I think there's there's few things that feel as cool as first getting the email from WordPress saying that your repo is available. And then the second is committing that first release and see your plugin go live. Um, it's it's a pretty exhilarating feeling. Uh, if you're just getting started, it's a great way. It's a kind of to get your feet wet and get started. But it, just, it feels pretty cool to say, yeah, I did this and this is live. And now it is accessible to millions and millions of people if they want to use it. That's pretty cool. Right. And I guess getting featured by a blog is another accelerating experience, as is um, receiving your first five-star um, review and all that. You know, it's, it really reflects the whole spirit of the WordPress community where everyone's so close to each other and open and there's this whole feedback loop going on, which is really great. Yeah, I, I completely agree. All those little milestones are super encouraging and can, can kind of catapult you into wanting to do more. You start to get hungry to see that new plugin get released, that new user downloaded, that new five-star review, that new solved support request, like, and, and, and hopefully the user coming back thanking you and being grateful for the work that you've put into it. All of these things... Um, kind of feed a hunger to want to do more and to see what the next the next phase of your of your business or your development is okay so i've been mentioning a lot of nice parts of this whole experience of having a plugin we've mentioned the reviews the support um, the statistics of seeing your plugin grow but also these these elements have the flip side of being of the, have the negative aspect which mainly involves the wordpress.org plugin repo not really catching up with the times and lacking in some features. I think you had to agree with that. So maybe we can tackle these things one by one and see what's really wrong here in each of these. Yeah, I think, well, so let's start with the two that we've mentioned already. So we've already mentioned reviews and we mentioned the support forum that, that every repo is given automatically. These are kind of both a blessing and a curse. If you're wanting to engage with users and not build a whole network site and not have support on your own site and you're not, you know, you're just getting started, that support system is super helpful. It's a forum that you can kind of engage with your users who are, are dealing with things. The, the struggle is you may not, you may be releasing something as a fun side project just to kind of get some traction on it, but you may not have the time to do support. 
And people, let's be honest, when people get something for free, they still feel like they should be supported like it's a premium product. So like they paid for it. So you have to, that can be tough. That can be a tough jug uh, to juggle that. Would you agree? Yeah, it's definitely um, a big job, even for a premium plugin, let alone for maybe uh, one single developer who has, say, 20, 30 plugins to manage, you know, all for free. That's, I'd imagine that's a crazy prospect. That leads us to the review rating system, which is not only susceptible to abuse, but also might garner a few one star reviews just because you didn't respond to this as a support ticket, for example. And I'm seeing here that um, you wrote an article on Manage WP in which you said that the problem with the repo is that there's no accountability when someone makes these ratings. Users say something is broken simply because it doesn't work in their particular setup, but isn't always the case. So sometimes it's uh, something else is broken in their setup or they just don't understand how to use the plugin properly. And that's when they'll just go in and leave a one-star review. Also, um, reviews cannot be really removed. So if there's a totally unjust review, that's going to stay there most probably. Even if you draw the attention of the pl- of the repo moderators, usually they don't re- um, remove reviews unless they should have been posted in the support uh, forum instead. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And it's it's really tough because this is really not just a problem with the WordPress repo as much as it's a, it's a challenge of WordPress development in general. When somebody installs your product, they are installing it in a unlimited vari- variations of other plugins and themes and server configurations and everything else. And so it's easy for something to kind of not work because of another plugin that causes a conflict or a theme that did something different, or or maybe just your plugin was not optimized for that particular server configuration. And, and so they leave a one-star review when many times it's not your issue or like you i think you alluded to right the the idea of extorting support because well i i'm gonna leave a one-star review and if you help me solve this then maybe i'll consider changing my review status and that's just that's dirty so (laughs) yeah and uh, i also mentioned that you can ping the dot org moderators and that's a positive thing here that we have these moderators that are actually pretty responsive. So the way to ping them is actually have three ways. One of them is to write an email to plugins at wordpress.org. Secondly, you can contact them on the WordPress official Slack channel. There's an official Slack uh, channel, not a channel really, it's well, whatever it's called. There's a specific a group within the group, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a specific channel for the, these things, which we'll link to in the show notes. And the third way to do that, and probably the best way, is to just use a tag called modlook, M-O-D-L-O-O-K. And when you tag your plugin or that specific review, in this case, with the modlook um, tag, that means that the moderator will go in and check that review to make sure that everything is in accordance to the rules of the repo. If not, they might consider asking the reviewer to edit it, which is which can be done quite easily, or remove it altogether. But the the cases where it's removed altogether are actually quite rare in my experience. I would agree with that. And and just as a as you kind of already have done, but a shout out to the moderators. Um, they read every review. Even if you don't put mod look, 
they do read every review. Um, I can't remember exactly which, not every moderator, but uh, I, I remember reading somebody talking about somebody who said, you know, I read every single review that gets posted. And that's a huge and uh, uh, I would think an overwhelming task, but they do they are very uh, active and attentive, and they're at the very least willing to dialogue with you if you think a review is inaccurate and, and, and have that conversation with you. But probably the best thing you can do with a review when if you can't get it removed is just, yeah, re- re- respond kindly, helpfully, thank them for their feedback, because even if the review is bad, when somebody who is looking at your product reads that review, your response sometimes will speak so much louder than the review itself. How you replied and the spirit in which you kind of engage that user who is critical of you uh, can speak volumes to the type of person and company you are. And some people will say, well, this may have been a one-star review, but they handled this really, really well, so I'm going to give them a shot anyway. For sure, I think that's one of the best things you can do as a plugin developer. Look, everybody gets these one-star reviews, right? Any plugin will get them. Your task is just to diffuse that negativity and emotion and anger that the user is showing and try to help them. Anyone can have a bad day, go in and leave a bad review. But at the end of the day, you have to keep your cool and try to help that user. That will reflect great on you and it will also help other people gauge in a better way how good you are at helping people and offering great support and it reflects on the whole product in general yeah i i completely agree with that let's talk about now some other challenges about the search for example which is one of the most lacking features on the repo in my opinion yeah so you discovered that search was fairly wanting <laughs> left wanting if you, you want to explain your experience with that yeah i mean i was just doing some routine inspection on our download rates during the past few months and i discovered that our plugin wprss aggregator was not even showing on the first page when someone types in rss which is obviously one of the most basic keywords that users use to find our plugin and then i started investigating further and actually typed in forms next uh, which and my mind should have been should have brought up ninja forms is one of at least one of the items on the first page which by the way has around 20 items so it's, we're not talking about four or five plugins here it's quite a substantial results page sure and yeah ninja forms wasn't there it was on the second page so i started asking around and discovered that this was actually a well-known issue with the re- repo the good thing is that the, the guys who program.org are working on it and they're going to be using Elasticsearch for this new search system, which should improve search substantially. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. Search is really difficult and I, I'll be curious to see how they improve that process. But you're right, like searches is kind of... Uh, and. I guess what I guess my bigger point thinking through that is I'm not surprised that WordPress.org support is bad because anybody who has used WordPress search uh, search yeah WordPress uh, search in their website realizes the results that it returns are pretty pretty poor which is why you have people who have created some great products like search WP that help you improve the, the the search algorithm and what comes up when you when you do a search on your site and I don't know if that's something that could be maybe I don't know a project could be plugged into wordpress.org using something like that I know they have their own process that they're going to work through it'll be interesting to see what changes and and what changes come out of that yeah, I think I've seen even plugins like Facet WP, which give you filtering options, which are really amazing and 
it would be great to have something like that on the repo itself. I completely agree. I'd like to see that. So search is challenging, but there is there's this misnomer that having a WordPress dot uh, a, a, a your plugin on WordPress is going to give you traffic. Um, when we started Ninja Forms, we went to WordPress.org and released kind of a light version of of Ninja Forms for the sole purpose of trying to get more traffic. And what we found was, at least initially, we did not get any more traffic because we were a young plugin that had very little visibility. We weren't on any featured plugins page in WordPress.org. We weren't on any um, most popular pages. We had very few downloads. So it didn't necessarily garner initially the results that we wanted. But over time, we started to see that our .org referral rate started to grow. The wrong assumption is to think that, oh, they were searching WordPress.org and they found our plugin page and then they came to our website. In fact, what we have found by searching and, and the uh, searching our statistics to see where they came from, what we're really finding is they found our WordPress.org page through searching Google for something like WordPress Forms, where we rank number one uh, in .org. And then .org... Once they get there, they look through the plugin, and then they come to our website. So while it looked like WordPress.org was really the biggest uh, traffic, you know, referral referral tool for us, it isn't actually WordPress.org. WordPress.org is just a pass through from Google, uh, and so that's something to keep in mind. It's still beneficial, right? Because we wouldn't be ranked currently. We would not be ranked number one for WordPress forms in Google if it wasn't for the for our .org page. So it is important, but it's also dangerous because if you remember maybe a year ago, uh, they were changing some stuff on WordPress.org and all of the plugin pages disappeared from Google. Like if you search, no plugin pages were ranking because they had changed something fairly crucial or critical. They fixed it fairly quickly, but for about 24 hours, uh, our searches had just completely disappeared, and we watched our traffic take a major hit because of that. So when you rely on .org plugin page to be your sole source of traffic uh, and something happens with that organization or that website, you end up getting hurt. Uh, so you want to pour as much effort as you can into your own web property to, drag, to drive traffic to yourself. Yeah, for sure. And SEO is important not only on your .org page, but also on your website. So be sure that you can increase your visibility not only on .org, not only on your page, but also on other blogs, WordPress blogs and other websites in general. And we'll be talking about other tips and tricks for increasing the visibility of your plugin in search engines and also in general across the WordPress world in our next episode. So stay tuned for that. And as we're talking about statistics, I think we should uh, also talk about the stats given on .org, or better, the lack of statistics. But before we do that, let's have a short break for our sponsor, and we'll be back with you soon. Check this out. We all know how important security is on today's web. This week's episode of Mastermind.fm is brought to you by SiteLock, the global leader in website security solutions. They bring you the most comprehensive suite of security software on the web with vulnerability scanning, malware detection, removal, and prevention. They also offer Global CDN, the content delivery network, to boost your speed and ensure your visitors are reaching you as quickly and efficiently as possible, no matter where in the world they are. Give SiteLock a look at sitelock.com mastermind. 
we're back and uh, James you love that dimension of statistics and .org <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean that's that's enough to say that they're pretty poor right yeah so statistics and wordpress.org um you know your plugin I, I I talk about Ninja Forms a lot because it has a, a fairly large install base. So let's think about it this way. Ninja Forms is installed on over half a million websites, uh, somewhere between 500 and 600,000 where we don't know because they don't tell us. All they say is 500,000 plus. Um, when we get to 600,000, they'll say 600,000 plus. And even worse, when you get over a million, it's a million plus, even if you have 32 million plugins, like it just doesn't matter, or 32 million active installs. So it's, it's tough because it's not complete data. It doesn't give you a clear picture of what your user base is. And that's just the tip of the iceberg because you're installed on half a million websites, but you don't know anything about these websites. You don't have any idea of what environment they're they're installed on you don't have any idea of um what you do you have a kind of a small piece picture of percentages of people using what versions of plugins but it's very broad so for instance we have 2.9 point whatever like 40 something versions on 2.9 point something we know how many people are using a version of 2.9 but we don't know about those little individual versions. So we don't know how many people are running older code that might be, uh, maybe we patched something that was really significant. We have no way of communicating that. There's a, stats are just really tough. We don't have any of that information to really, uh, not just to market our business on, but just to communicate with our users about or just to make smart business decisions because of it. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty tough. And that's why um, Freemuse and, well, it's the only service which has been developed specifically to target this lacuna in the WordPress um, statistics situation, which we have with plugins and also with themes, I believe. So this is the only service right now which handles that. There was another service and a few years ago, but it got shut, shut down. And we also had some plugin authors try to build their own statistics system. However, I don't believe anyone uh, is at the moment using a reliable statistics system within their own platform. Most of them have been either flying blind or just using Freemius so far. Yeah, I would agree with that. So NinjaForms is using Freemius currently, and it gives us a, a certain level of data, um, but it's still... I mean, it's still tough to get the data that you can actually act upon, you know, and, and .org, there are restrictions, right? There are plug-in restrictions, so you can't just phone home. So to get that data, they have to opt in. They can't just, you can't just start collecting it for no reason at all. They have to actually explicitly say, yes, collect this data about me. <laughs> and so that's, that's tough because who wants to give that data away, right? Like everybody with privacy is such a big concern. They think the data that we're collecting might be private data, even though it's really not. It's more or less what plugins are installed, what versions are installed, what's your PHP environment look like, things like that, which is not necessarily identifiable data, but still useful from a product standpoint. So going back maybe to the search, I believe there's around 35 new plugins being submitted to the repo every day. And obviously there are the, the number of total plugins is in the big thousands. So I think one of the philosophies that maybe is being employed here in the search is to try to give some exposure to the new up and coming plugins. And that's why say if we search for forms, 
we get these new plugins with 50 installs, no reviews, ranked before Ninja Forms. So I think the solution to that would have would be to have a kind of a split pane view where you get the top plugins in terms of installs, whatever the factors are, including reviews, support, and all that. And then have a, a second pane, which would show the up and coming plugins relating in this case to forms. And that way, both the user searching for a plugin is catered for, but he also can access these new plugins for testing purposes if he so wishes to, to see what's coming up next. Yeah, I really like this approach because from my perspective, when I search for a plugin, I may not be looking for the most popular, the most tried and true. I may be looking for hey, what's new in the space or who's doing something differently? But your average user might be looking for what's tried and true and what is what are most people using so I can I feel like I can rely on it for my own website or my own business. And giving both options, you give the user the, cho- the choice of saying, what am I wanting? Am I wanting what's tried and true or am I wanting what's new and upcoming? And I like that approach because I'm, I'm so pro competition. Like I love when other products come even in my own space because I can learn from what they're doing when they, when they innovate in a way that perhaps we haven't innovated. So I'm, I'm totally uh, appreciative of that. But at the same time, that's not what people are usually looking for when they search. They're looking for what is everybody else using? What is the most popular one so that I can be using what's stable? Right. So I think uh, with regards to org i think it's very obvious to me that if you're a developer and you're new to the community definitely go ahead and launch your plugin on org even if it's for no profit it's just for fun to post your plugin and on the other hand if it's a for-profit business sure i think it's still one of the best things you can do by posting your plugin on .org, especially if you're going for the freemium model. So let's talk about some other alternatives to .org now. And the reason for going for an alternative would be something like maybe you don't want to have your plugin available for free, or perhaps you don't want to use the GPL model, although you should be using that if you want to be an active participant in the WordPress community, because not using the GPL will give you a lot of disadvantages in the long run. So these alternatives to .org, James, what are these in practice? Yeah, so there are quite a few alternatives. Well, I wouldn't say quite a few, but there are a few alternatives. Um, If you're wanting to sell a paid product, one of the biggest and probably most popular is Code Canyon. Um, There are popular WordPress plugin developers who actually got their start there. So Pippin Williamson, his first product, um, maybe a couple products, I'm not completely certain, but I know absolutely his first product was was first released through Code Canyon. That's kind of what whet his appetite and let him know that he could possibly have a business selling WordPress plugins. Other than that, he didn't have that the same opportunity or the same knowledge of whether this was even a viable business. So that helped him test the market for himself. So we're, and the other, I think the advantage of Code Canyon too, is that it has a huge audience. There's people who are engaged in that network and are constantly searching for new things there. Uh, so that's, that's a great place to start selling. Another place to, to that you might consider selling is a, a another products marketplace. Uh, Easy Digital Downloads has a marketplace, although they're kind of shifting a little bit more towards keeping most of their add-ons in-house. But uh, I know, um, you know, us, Ninja Forms, we have a marketplace, so people build 
premium add-ons, sell them through our marketplace. And that means you don't have to build a whole store. That's the other advantage of Code Canyon or something like in somebody else's marketplace. You don't have to worry about all of the, the complexity that comes with building an e-commerce solution. You can just piggyback on something somebody else has already built and still sell a product and make a profit off of that. Yep, for sure. So I guess these are the main alternatives to .org. In terms of searching for a plugin, we have some other alternatives as well. There are two that I would like to mention, and one of them is managewp.org slash plugins. This is kind of the, the data that is used is the same that powers um, WordPress.org. However, it's displayed visually in a different way and perhaps a better way. And you can also do things like compare plugins in terms of downloads. And they also have some metrics like the, the quality and uh, stuff like that, you know, that they, they display within your plugins page. And you can also sort plugins by downloads last week, the total quality score, stuff like that. And they have also some preset categories. And they also have this idea of rising stars where they display plugins that are new but are doing really well in terms of downloads so that's very interesting and another one i like is the periodic table of wordpress plugins and this is not really a search facility but it displays the top 100 wordpress plugins in the repo um, the address is plugintable.com and yeah it's quite useful actually to see what's popular and maybe if you manage to break into these 100 top 100 plugins it's a cause for celebration. I, I know that, James, you've managed that. So, <laughs> Yeah, I discovered, I can't remember when I discovered the Plugin Tables website, but I thought it was definitely a interesting approach to displaying the top 100. They give you kind of a, a letter a combination for a plugin card, just like you would see on the periodic table, on you know the, the traditional periodic tables. And they rank them uh, in most popular. So it's based on off of the most popular rank you would find on .org if you went to the plugins repo and clicked popular. But instead of just seeing it in kind of a linear paged view, you get this kind of overview of cards of where they all fall in prior in, in popularity. It's definitely a cool approach. Um, there's some you can click and it'll link you out to their particular plugins and uh, but it's it's definitely neat and it's definitely cool to be able to be on the list right when you get a plugin on that that one it tells you you're within the top 108 plugins that's cool um, but it's also neat to be able to see where you compare to other popular plugins that you're aware of and how you how you fall and fare with those. So it's a, it's definitely a cool cool way of looking at plugins. All right, and I think that's those are the top two for me. I know there's was there were others, but sometimes um, they fall. Um, they're not even uh, online anymore, so I won't be recommending any anything else apart from these. I think uh, that's it for today, James. Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I, you know the only other thing that I would add, I wouldn't I wouldn't even call this a necessary way of searching plugins. It's a manually curated site. But it is kind of interesting the way they've done it. It's called wpscoop.com. And they basically, they've manually grabbed all this data of all of these different plugins uh, by category. So maybe commerce, forms, or whatever the case may be. And then they let you compare based on features that you want so that you can determine what is what do you where you're going to get the best bang for your buck, if you will. So you say, oh, well, in the form space, these are common features. And I click all these features and they say, okay, based on this, this plugin has all the features you want for the cheapest price and so on and so forth. And they break it down. It's not completely accurate 
in the sense that, for instance, Ninja Forms has bundles. And so if you added individual add-ons, they'll keep adding that up and make us appear more expensive than we are when, in fact, if they would have just switched to the bundle, they would have gotten all those things and been cheaper. But it is still a neat comparison to kind of see how those all break down. And they do give the ability for plugins to kind of come in and update their data. Uh, but who has time for that to update manual data across a bunch of websites? So most of the data is inaccurate even for Ninja Forms. And I would probably say probably for Gravity Forms and Formidable and the e-commerce solutions and stuff like that's probably in fairly inaccurate because things change so rapidly but definitely uh definitely a neat resource and a, a different way of thinking about it yeah and that reminds me of pro plugin directory as well which is a similar uh, concept yeah i mean this is not really pro plugin directory is not really a curated list it's just a place where people can go and submit their plugin yeah, it's just a directory listing. All right. So in the next episode, as I mentioned earlier, we'll be discussing the very interesting topic of promoting your WordPress plugin. So if you have a WordPress plugin, definitely tune into that one as we'll be sharing some cool tips and tricks about monetizing your plugin and making sure you can, you can increase both your visitor stats to your website and your revenue at the end of the month. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jean Galea and on my website, jeangalea.com. You can find me on Twitter at James Laws or my website, jameslaws.com. As always, please send all questions and topics you'd like us to tackle to our email, podcast at mastermind.fm. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes and subscribe on mastermind.fm. Thank you guys, take care, and we'll see you in the next episode of Mastermind FM. See you next time.